Welcome everyone. Thank you for tuning in. First, if you don't know, now you know you are listening to KSMC 89.5 in Moraga. So first off, happy NHL playoffs to you and yours. It is quite possibly the most wonderful time of the year, especially if you are a, uh, a fan of a team that is in the playoffs. So we have plenty to talk about in the, uh, the NHL realm. I've got some highlights and some lowlights from the baseball side of things, specifically the Oakland Athletics. And we're going to dabble a little bit in some off-season football articles. I know this is kind of the, uh, the boring time to be an NFL fan or a football fan in general because there is absolutely nothing going on. So we will try to plug that hole for you. And also we have some huge basketball news in incorporating the, uh, the Golden State Warriors and their run for the record. I will go into that a little bit later. But as I mentioned, we will start in the NFL. And if you are a brand new listener, welcome to the show. I am your host, Tucker McClary. What is up? How is it going? Happy hump day to you. Right now, it is a fantastically beautiful day up here in the Bay Area. And, I mean, it's a beautiful day because it is the NHL playoffs, the first day. Thank goodness. But anyway, changing gears back to what I was saying before, we're going to talk about some NFL stuff, some NFL news. So, I know I have uh, mentioned multiple times the NFC South, who actually is home to the reigning second-place finishers of last year's Super Bowl, the Carolina Panthers, and the overrated drama queen Cam Newton, who dabs more than he should, and thus he lost everything. But anyway, moving right along. So this article basically <coughs> runs down why the NFC South is such a drag in terms of Beyond Carolina, it's kind of three other crappy teams. So to give you uh, an insight onto the teams that are actually in the NFC South, you've got the, the Carolina Panthers, you have the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So out of those four, you don't have that great of a history or that big of uh, playoff runs, let alone Super Bowl wins. But uh, basically what this article had been saying is why isn't there more competition in between this division? It seems, at least in years recent, that the Carolina Panthers have run away with it. And by run away with it, I mean be slightly better than mediocre for most of the time, excluding last year, obviously going to a nearly undefeated season at 15-1, and one, actually 15-2. and two. Uh, or however many playoff games and then two losses. But, um, yeah, the the big question is the Falcons have Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, who is quite possibly a franchise quarterback and has proven himself to be a playoff quarterback, but they just seem to not be firing on all cylinders. That I think 
I don't know what is fundamentally wrong. They switched coaches not too long ago, and they looked hot in the first five games. They started out 5-0, and actually, and then for some reason or other, the wheels fell off, and basically they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. <clears throat> To give you an idea of how poorly the, the wheels fell off, but... Um, yeah, to give you another idea, so the Falcons were second behind the Panthers at 8-8, eight and eight, and then the Saints finished 7-9, and nine, which I honestly think Drew Brees should be on his way out. Maybe one more year, the Saints will roll the dice on him. The problem is there's so much turmoil down there uh, in terms of the Saints owner and in terms of the Saints owner versus the state of um, Louisiana. And uh, I think basically what they need to do is get rid of him or train him to some team that is begging or hoping for a stable quarterback, uh, both emotionally on the field and off the field, <clears throat> Cleveland Browns. But I don't think uh, they're smart enough to try to make that trade. So... Lo and behold, I believe the Saints are going to be stuck with him. So I think they're going to keep him for another year, at least in my opinion they should, try to squeeze all the football out of him before he retires, and then draft a quarterback hopefully this year, maybe next year. Anyway, the last team that rounds out this division is the Buccaneers. They finished 6-10, and but they uh, they have the new quarterback, Jameis Winston, who... Honestly, through the through this last season, it looked promising. There there were a couple of drives and there were a couple of games. Obviously, they won six uh, that they were competitive and they had a couple of comeback wins. And uh, they actually have the muscle hamster, the running back. I forgot his actual name now. That's his nickname. He seriously has no neck. But uh, he's coming back this next year. I think if they uh, draft a couple of, a couple of defensemen and have a little less injuries throughout this next year, I think they're going to be at least competitive. I'm not going to say win this division because the Panthers, as much as I hate to say it, are pretty much the incumbent, and they look like they're going to take the cake again, unless something totally weird and odd happens. But I think um, out of those three other teams outside of the Panthers, obviously, who would make the biggest run this coming year to dethrone the um, the NFC South division winners, the Carolina Panthers, led by Cam Newton. Who do I think is going to take them down? I honestly think the Falcons have the best chance to take down the uh, the Panthers because they have Matt Ryan, who, like I had mentioned, has proven himself to be a playoff-capable quarterback who has proven himself to throw beyond what seems to be a logical amount of throwing out there in Atlanta. And he he has taken this team not too long ago, actually, on a deep playoff run. Unfortunately, uh, the 49ers beat him out to get into that Super Bowl against the Baltimore Ravens, which ended up the Ravens winning it all. Thank goodness. Um, so I honestly think if the Falcons draft well and pick up some free agents, which I'm pretty sure they have been, they've been doing over these past couple of weeks, 
and uh, basically stay uh, stay healthy for most of the year, at least some of the year. I think they can actually make a run and try to win this NFC South. That's extremely weak division, and I think that's partly why uh, no one. I, I feel no one truly believed that the Panthers were going to win in the Super Bowl because you you come out of this division, the NFC South, and you have very weak teams within that uh, division. And whereas the Broncos, they're, they were more built to just kind of hold it all together and that defense, it doesn't matter what division you're in, a great defense wins championships, and obviously we saw, or if you didn't see it, the uh, Denver Broncos defense absolutely rocked the Carolina Panthers. They had no idea what was going on, but I think that's what um, some teams as of recently have ignored, that great defenses, it doesn't matter how you build your team, because Technically, first and foremost, you want to build your team to win your division. That's a plan A, plan one, whatever you want to call it. If you can win your division, then you can move on to the playoffs and pretty much anything's possible, as we've seen a lot of in recent years. But the biggest thing I, I feel people, or technically general managers of football teams, should be taking out of the Denver Broncos pay, playbook is build a defense that is scary because <clears throat> it doesn't matter if your offense stumbles if you can score one or maybe two offensive touchdowns that defense can possibly get a interception run back for a touchdown or even if even at that matter you can have a special teams run back for a touchdown so even if you have not the greatest offense you can still win games just based purely and solely on the defense that you've built for your team. And I think, and yet again, just so many teams, especially last year, it seems, uh, have forgotten or for, forgone the idea of a great defense that they're just going to try to light you up on the offense and it's just going to be a shootout. And we saw a couple of games this season be exactly that. Uh, specifically, uh, in the New York Giants realm, they played the Saints, and I believe the scoring was like forty high forties or mid fifties. And basically, it was okay. Throw a touchdown. Throw a touchdown. Throw a touchdown. Just back and forth, back and forth. And I mean, as a fan, it, that's awesome to see. But you kind of hold your breath until the game's over because it comes down to it's really very basketball-esque where it's just it comes down to who has the ball last and honestly it, it's it's good competition but it's kind of boring because you want to see a team get dominated at least as a fan of a team um, you want to see the other team that they're playing get dominated on the offense on defense on special teams you want to see them absolutely get destroyed. Granted, those close games are really fun to watch, especially if your team wins, but there's something to be said about that absolute domination that is shown. There, there's flashes of it, and I blame the new NFL rules, specifically on the side of the defense, that there's such a, a vacuum of these games where... 
the quarterbacks get absolutely destroyed, crushed, slammed down into the ground. I know it's all for the health reasons and the lack of concussions can be charted and all that, but there's something to be said when people look up, specifically myself actually, these highlight reels from the 80s, the 70s, the 60s that those defenders just absolutely drill the quarterbacks and you can see once the quarterbacks stand up that their bell was rung and usually after that or shortly after that the backup quarterback comes in and they get drilled yet again and I'm specifically thinking about the uh, the New York Giants of the 80s there they were nicknamed the quarterback killers and uh, if you want to see some nasty hits look up uh, that era and see what that defense did to some of those quarterbacks. Anyway, we are now into song time, but before we go there, we have a quick plug. This weekend, uh, Saturday, April 16th, is Free National Parks Weekend for the Yosemite and Muir Woods. So basically, what? Um, so here's the participating national parks. Cabrillo, Death Valley, Joshua Tree, Lassen Volcanic, Lava Beds, Muir Woods, Pinnacles, San Francisco Maritime, Sequoia Kings Canyon, Whiskey Town, and Yosemite. So go check them out. That's pretty cool that it's a free entrance days for all those national parks. And uh, with that, here is some music. Hey. Just sent this email to myself. I'm gonna read it off on my phone now. <laughs> Once again, South Oakland veteran. Open letter sending, hoping you get it. Totally spitting, yeah, I said it a second time. Jazz, second line, second world problem child. No style, all style, a lot of styles. Pro style, go wild, a lot of nights. Look at the city, that's a lot of lights. Young culture worker, the role reverser, the holy churcher, the folding furniture, the golden purse herder, the hearse hurler, the turf surfer. AD, that's adios to a lot of you haters. Ladies love the cool lottery vapors, but the only L's I take is two tobacco leaf papers. Mediate truth like a lot of those papers. Yeah. Childish pop pop weasels freak show. Look how many years I've been living without a job. Like for real though. Imam Meno with Total Legal. And still got hella love for total low people. Later for love, the kids signify. You don't like it, then spit in my eye. End of the day, I still live in the sky. If you live with I, then I and I, no kidding, will visibly fly. And shine indivisibly in victory. You can't do shit to me physically, lyrically, hypothetically, realistically. I'm the epitome of Thoma. <laughs> Catch you when you in the MoMA cafe. Laughing powder on the cold cuts. Black Shakespearean, never read Othello, though. They say yo yo to my hat Japanese with the cello though. We make it jiggle like it's fresh out the jello mold. Cool water, ice cubes, sprinkle game, hella cold. Oh hella no no no. No I didn't, but I did though. Said it hella times, it hella rhymes, but it's still new to some. Don't bust if you knew the guns, but don't trust when Babylon tell you what to do with guns. Understand the truths that's both true to daughters and true to sons. And see the oldest truths and the newest ones and vice versa. I style like the yin-yang twins. I might have told you. I'm ODB plus Mariah, the iron soldier. White checks and whiter folders. Stack steady at small minimum tables and move to higher 
folders. Some men and women are still, but see the fire folders. Some tend the children for real. Some lend the children to higher shoulders to sit on and steal all the liver tropes they get on and discard the lesser ones and leave them as lessons for the clever dumb. I'll do you one better, son. When your ears listen to fears and eyes brim up with tears, you're better having never shed a one because you still couldn't drink that water if you shed a ton. Fist fight, get a knife. Knife fight, get a gun. Gun fight, get a few, son. I'm telling you, if I gotta tell you to get a bomb, you better get your mom. Tell her to send a nickel to the no bombs telethon. Half you actresses be acting like you at the banana telethon. Hello, Ron. Let's get ready to rumble. Let's get it on. Let's get it. Let's get rich. Let's get paid. Let's get that bitch. Let's let that rip. You better step back, kid. <laughs> Y'all are I like um, shit. <laughs> Y'all rock from one of this style to maybe like left rack, kid. So that last song there obviously was O Canada, their national anthem. I'll give you a rundown of why I played that here in a bit. And the first song was Cool AD with Open Letter. So as uh, we just heard O Canada, the reason why I played that is because, yet again, the NHL playoffs are here. Game ones tonight for a couple of teams. So basically, uh, it's the most wonderful time yet again of the year. So the reason, another reason why I played it is because it's the first time, I believe since 1976, that there has been zero Canadian teams, zero of six in the playoffs, which I honestly like because that just means uh, there's more of a shakeup. There's more uh, of a chance that weirder teams or teams that usually don't make it slip in some way maybe sometimes ass backwards so with that we are going to detail some hockey for you and just in a little bit actually uh, there's going to be a New York Rangers game versus the Pittsburgh Penguins game I am beyond excited for it and uh, yeah so we're gonna go through the series we finally have the actual matchups some of them start today, some of them start tomorrow, and uh, yeah, we have more hockey for you, and it's the best kind of hockey, the playoff type. 
So first off, we'll start with the West Conference, Western Conference. Dallas Stars versus the Minnesota Wild. I think Minnesota's going to put up a fight, but I see Dallas moving on in five, maybe six, if Minnesota puts up a good fight. Then we have St. Louis Blues versus the Chicago Blackhawks. This one is going to be uh, a lot closer than I think people give it credit for. I think the upset, or slight upset, is going to be St. Louis. And it's going to be, what is it, 4-3. Um, four, four, They're going to take it to seven games, I feel. Anaheim Ducks versus the Nashville Predators. Uh, this is a little bit tricky because I haven't um, followed the Pacific Division or the Western Conference as much as I should. But I, I'm thinking the Ducks are going to move on. It's going to be a six-game series. Then we have the Battle of Californias, or the Northern California versus Southern California series that I feel is one of the uh, better um, rivals out there in sports, specifically uh, the LA Kings versus the San Jose Sharks. The Sharks have had a great regular season, as they normally always do, they're, obviously, they've had their ups and downs, as most teams at this point have. And I feel like they've uh, ended their regular season on an upswing, so hopefully they can carry that momentum in. The Kings, I feel like they could have done a lot better, but hey, once you punch that ticket, anything can happen. So out of this series, uh, I, I, I'm going to go with my heart rather than the logical answer, and I'm going to say the Sharks win it, win the series in six games. The biggest factor in this series, as I talked to uh, a couple of Sharks fans about this, is, well, A, is goaltending. If the Sharks can get past quick, it's going to be their series to lose, essentially. However, the other side of it is, is the Sharks, or can the Sharks keep that road warrior mentality up because since they are ranked lower than the Kings they are going to start in LA tomorrow so can they keep that road warrior mentality and that power and that momentum into the playoffs because if they can they are going to be uh, I, I strongly feel a dark horse in it all so I think the Sharks are going to pull it out then they have the Ducks on the other side they have the Dallas Stars and the St. Louis Blues and then moving on from there, granted this is all conjecture, no one has even played game one yet, so take this all with a grain of salt, but I think Dallas versus St. Louis, I honestly think Dallas is going to move on to the conference finals, and the Sharks versus the Ducks, yet again, uh, the other side of the SoCal um, series, I think I honestly think the Sharks are going to pull it off and, and get into the conference finals, and then, honestly, if they make, if the Sharks make it to the conference finals, I think the Dallas Stars are weak. And especially since Niemi was a former Shark, I think the the San Jose has a slight edge or advantage, knowing how he works, what what kind of looks he likes, and what kind of looks he doesn't like. I think they're going to move on to the finals, and then we'll hop over to the Eastern Conference here. The series that are going to be shown here, Washington, ranked number one, winning the uh, President's Trophy. I honestly 
hope, I mean, my fingers are crossed, this is the illogical side of me coming out and the uh, rival team fan, but I feel like they could be bounced out round one because Philadelphia, they have played with some grit. And just a few weeks ago, they were on the outside looking in. And essentially, they had to, they, they didn't have to win out, but they had to have basically 75% or better um, win percentage towards like the last, let's say, 15 games. And uh, with, with a little bit of help, they were able to get in by the skin of their teeth. But I think they're gritty. They're, they're going to be um, the sharks of the uh, Eastern Conference, the dark horse, I feel. Then we slide over Pittsburgh versus the New York Rangers. Actually, let me slide that back. Uh, illogical, I say the Philadelphia Flyers move on. Logical, I say the Capitals move on. But um, for now, for this, we'll say the Flyers will move on. The Pittsburgh Penguins and New York Rangers, again, it's going to come down to goaltending, especially since Marc-Andre Fleury of the Penguins is out with a concussion and has been out for a while. I just read somewhere that he is a game-time decision, so it will be uh, very interesting to see if um, the Rangers will be facing a uh, first, uh, a first, uh, a team-leading goaltender or a uh, backup. But anyway, besides that, I think the Rangers are going to take this series. It's going to be a six-game series. It's going to be really difficult. There's going to be a lot of... It's going to be the black and blue series I've been talking about all year. Then we have the Florida Panthers and the New York Islanders. This one is a little confusing. The Islanders are just absolutely rocked or were rocked by injuries all the way from forwards to goalies. So I think going into the playoffs, they're kind of limping into it. I see the Panthers beating them, but it's going to be a six or seven game series. They have the Tampa Bay Lightning playing the Detroit Red Wings. I see the Lightning coming out of it. Jimmy Howard has not looked like himself, uh, the Red Wings goalie. So to give you a quick recap of the second round, I have the Flyers playing the Rangers. I have the Panthers playing the Lightning. So up top, I say the Rangers beat the Flyers in a five-game series, moving on to the conference finals. Then we have the Tampa Bay Lightning playing the Florida Panthers, the Battle of Florida. Uh, from there, I see the Tampa Bay Lightning moving on. Florida just does not have the depth that they should have to go deep into the playoffs. So from there, just to give you an idea, conference finals, we have the Rangers versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, a rematch of last year. I feel the amount of revenge that the Rangers want and are looking for from that Game 7 loss, I'm still salty about it. Um, I feel that they go into that conference finals looking for blood, looking for revenge, just ready to destroy them. And then they win in a six-game series and punch, they punch their ticket for the Stanley Cup final against the San Jose Sharks. And at that point, uh, it's going to be uh, a wild and crazy ride because that's quite a ways away. But you heard it here first. The Rangers versus the San Jose Sharks is going to be one of the uh, the best broadcasted um, Stanley Cup finals, thus being a uh, East Coast versus West Coast. Possibly I'll have to uh, take out a loan or two to go check out a game. Anyway, 
now we are coming to the segment of another quick little plug here and into some songs. So this weekend also is Record Store Day 2016. You get free coffee, donuts, barbecue, and live music out in San Francisco at the uh, Thrill House Records in San Francisco and Mission Street. So basically what um, it says is in addition to all the vinyl goodness, they're going to have a free barbecue at 1 to be followed by some live music at 2. So come out and avoid the lines and crowds and support the only all-volunteer, not-for-profit record store in Northern California. That is actually really cool. So go check it out. I'm actually going to be busy this weekend. And with that, here is Filter. Take a picture.
right, so that last song there was I Want to Be a New York Ranger by the Misfits. So, basically, um, this whole day's songs semi are related to sports in some fashion or another. Uh, so, first and foremost, my opening song, The Cult of Personality, is actually uh, Josh Reddick's The Oakland Athletics um, right field, right fielder. Uh, his walk-up song is that, and then I want to be a New York Ranger. Obviously, the connection to the New York Rangers, and in a little bit, there's uh, some Green Day that is actually from 1994 when the Rangers last won it all, and lastly, some Metallica for whom the bell tolls in relation to Sean Doolittle's the closer for the Oakland Athletics walkout song. So just to give you a quick little um, tidbit on how, at least most of the songs, not all of them, that first one the by Block AD, that was kind of just a random one. But now we'll switch gears yet again into some baseball. Thank goodness, yet again, it is back. It is awesome, even though it is terrible <laughs> right now for the green and gold. The, uh, the A's have not looked like um, a hot team right now. So just last Thursday, actually, I went to uh, the opening week game last Thursday against the Chicago White, White Sox, and it was rough. They, uh, they ended up actually losing 6-1. to one. I had a good time. It was enjoyable. Uh, I was out, out of the park for the first time this year, hopefully the first of many, and hopefully the first loss and the only loss that I'll see but you never know uh, right now actually we'll back it up the uh, Friday after or last Friday they traveled up to Seattle to play the Mariners who actually the first base coach is uh, Casey Kendall so shout out to him um, actually my mom works with his wife and I went to school with his son so that's a pretty cool little connection. So the next time that the Mariners roll into town, I'll uh, definitely be heckling him in uh, in a fun way, of course. But uh, yeah, so they went up to Seattle and swept the Mariners, which is quite impressive over a three-game series, uh, including Felix Hernandez, who I think is a fantastic pitcher. Unfortunately, he pitches for the Mariners, so he has yet to pitch in the playoffs. I honestly think um, he's wasting his talent up there. I feel if I were in his shoes or his agent's shoes, I would, I mean, I don't know the details of his contract, but somehow either get traded or um, if his contract's almost up, become a free agent as quickly as possible because I know many teams want that kind of dom or, uh, dominating pitching, but few have it. And if he has a chance to get on a team that's either playoff bound or a contender at least, I think he can help them just that little bit more. So with that, we'll uh, and right now, unfortunately, they're in a, a pretty bad series against the Angels. Three, three games, they've lost two. They're playing as we speak. They're losing five to one, so it's not looking too hot for them. So... We'll do a quick rundown of how all the other teams are doing in their respective divisions and leagues. 
Started off with the National League West. San Francisco is up top six and two. The LA Dodgers four and four. Colorado Rockies three and four. Arizona Diamondbacks with the world's ugliest jerseys. They came in this season or in the off season. They voted. There's something like thirty or forty or fifty different jerseys they're going to be showing this year or wearing. I guess would be a better term. And they all, they're all different compared. Or some of them look military esque, which is kind of cool. Some of them are trying to promote this um, like more breathable um, style of material. And specifically, one jersey they've already worn looks like the players have sweated through it. Their pants are like a light gray, and then their jersey is like this darker, almost like I mentioned, a wet looking gray. There's some that they look like the old school um, uh, Jean-Luc Picard's Star Trek uh, uniforms, incorporating the red and black. It's just, I feel that they should go back to when they had the uh, the purple the blue or like the teal snake and then the a was the snake kind of crawling up and down that was a cool looking jersey i appreciated that anyway going back to the point san diego rounding out the bottom at three and five in the central chicago cubs up top six and one like i had mentioned they are the ones who i would put my money on if i were a betting man to win it all that is Cincinnati five and two, Pittsburgh five and three, St. Louis four and three, Milwaukee three and four. Sliding over to the East, Washington Nationals up top five and one, Miami with Giancarlo Stanton just still blasting bombs out there three and four, New York Mets three and five, Philadelphia three and five, Atlanta winless at zero and seven. That is quite the surprise this year. Baltimore switching over to the American League East. Baltimore is up top 7-0. and oh, I honestly couldn't see that coming from this last season. So congrats to them. Hopefully they can keep it up. The New York Yankees 4-2. and two, Boston 3-4. and four, Tampa Bay Rays 3-4. and four, And the Blue Jays rounding out the bottom at 3-5. and five. The Central American League division. Chicago White Sox up top with 5-2. and two. Kansas City tied with them five and two. Detroit four and two. Cleveland two and three. But that's based on I think they've missed five games already, or they've had to be postponed due to weather conditions. So the uh, the perks of living in Cleveland. If you didn't catch, that was actually a joke. Cleveland sucks. Minnesota also another winless team. Zero and seven. Then we come to the American League West. Texas Rangers up top five and four, LA Angels four and four, Oakland at four and five, Houston three and five, Seattle at two and six. Like I had mentioned before, this is still very very early days. So even if your team sucks or is winless at the moment, just hold on, have some patience, or jump ship. I mean, I don't really care. With that being said, this weekend there's a bunch of stuff going on. There is a 2016 Dry Garden Free Admission Day and Plant Sale. Actually, really close to uh, Moraga in Walnut Creek. This Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4, there is the Ruth Bancroft Garden Spring Opening and Plant Sale. So you can enjoy free admission to the garden 
and you can also get a docent guide, guided tours at 11 and 1. And there's the public sale is 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. So go check it out. It seems like uh, this is actually a pretty cool little thing here. And with that, here is some more music. And when we come back, I will talk to you about the Warriors, the Dubs, the, uh, the Blue and Gold, and what they're searching for or what they're playing for tonight.
All right, so that was Chapo with Come Home. It's actually the sports-related again. I just recently watched this uh, surfing documentary about this Italian surfer. I had no idea it was such a thing out there, but it is. So first off, the Golden State Warriors, congratulations, 72 wins and 9 losses. They have now tied the Chicago Bulls for the uh, for that record, and tonight playing the let's see here playing the Memphis Grizzlies on home court, looking for 73 and nine to surpass the Chicago Bulls as the winningest winningest team in a regular season of basketball, and I am absolutely loving the fact that. It is overshadowing Kobe Bryant's retirement. I absolutely loathe that man. And surprisingly, I've actually heard from multiple sources that he is not the greatest person in the locker room to his to his teammates, let alone to the fans. He, he may put on that um, facade for some, but it comes off for most. So anyway, changing topics here. Quick little quote here, change the changeable, accept the unchangeable, and remove yourself from the unacceptable. I think that's a pretty cool quote because basically it means that you are, you're in control and that you can change whatever needs to be changed and if it can't be changed and if you want to change it then just back away or get away from it basically. So first, first off, Good luck to the New York Rangers tonight. Good luck to the Golden State Warriors tonight. Unfortunately, the A's have already dropped it, and that's that was kind of expected. But um, with that, I will see you next week. Same time, same place. There's going to be uh, two songs here. The first one's Green Day Basket Case. This is actually from 1994, way back in the day. They're actually the Oakland's band. But um, the reason why I'm playing them is that's when the Rangers last won the Stanley Cup. And uh, then after that will be Metallica, For Whom the Bell Tolls, because of Sean Doolittle's walkout song. Alrighty. Do you have the time? To listen to me whine About nothing and everything all at once I am one of those Melodramatic fools Neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it Sometimes I give myself the creeps Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me it all keeps setting up. I think I'm cracking up. Am I just paranoid? Am I just mad? I went to a train to all of my dreams. She said it's like a sex that's bringing me down. I went to a whore. He said my life's a bore. Don't I give myself a drink? 
All right, so a quick uh, reminder, you're listening to KSMC Moraga 89.5 on your dial. Thank you again for listening to The Time Out. I will be here next week, same time, same place, and we'll give you an update on the uh, wild and wacky NHL playoffs here. All right, thank you, and enjoy the rest of your week. Personality, the cult of personality.